Welcome to the Hidden Why podcast. This is episode 1033, my interview with Devin Burke, and we're discussing his book, The Sleep Advantage. Enjoy. Hello, Devin. Welcome to the Hidden Why podcast. Great to have you here today. Yeah, great to be here, Lee. Thanks for having me. Um, no, mate, really looking forward to it. Um, you've got a book out called The Sleep Advantage, Optimize Your Night to Win Your Day. Uh, a very important topic, and, and a lot of, uh, you know, I guess this topic of sleep is becoming um more popular nowadays than it was in the past. But um, before we jump into your book, I really want to find out about your journey because um, it sounds like an interesting one and and you embarked on a bit of a health journey in your personal life um, some while ago now. But just tell us about, you know, the journey there and, and what made you focus on health. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a long story. I'll give you the condensed version. I, yeah. you know, I lost several family members at a young age to, to cancer and that really is what piqued my interest into health. Um, but I thought I was going to become a physical therapist. And I actually got into a few doctoral programs. I went to college for exercise physiology and health promotion and then um, took a two and a half minute backpack trip. And on the trip, I realized I wasn't really that passionate about physical therapy, but I had no idea what I was going to do as a career if I didn't do that. And then I met someone that I was working with who was working with a health coach. No idea that that was even a, a thing. And she started telling me a little bit about her work with her coach. And I was like, man, this sounds amazing. So I eventually enrolled in a health coaching program. And that sent me on like a 13 year (laughs) journey of intensive workshops and trainings with all different types of uh, personal development, health trainings, uh, psychological trainings, and eventually led me to help people with their sleep. I was working with a lot of high-performing entrepreneurs. You can imagine a lot of stress. Uh, oftentimes people weren't sleeping. And so then I, you know, I looked into what was available for these people and I found sleeping pills and I was like, well, this, this isn't a good solution. And so the more I dove into like the science of sleep, the more I realized, wow, this is massive for performance, for just health and longevity. Every aspect of our life is connected to sleep. And so, um, Long story short, I was able to help that one person. So I said, "Oh, if I can help one person, I can help thousands or even millions of people." And so that's that's kind of what led me up to. So you went from what, like, uh, I don't know if it's generic, but health coach to more a niche of of helping people with sleep, or is that still wrapped up in what you do? Yeah, I mean, it was sort of my journey, and I've helped people solve a lot of problems over the years. The last six years been specifically sleep. Um, but more so is more, I would say life and performance coaching with a, with a a dash of health before, before sleep and, but everything's connected, you know? So I kind of took all the things that I, that I was learning and tailored them specifically to sleep and we get fantastic outcomes for our clients. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's kind of how that panned out. Quite, Quite a journey, 13 years of, of, um, you know, putting yourself through the training as well. Um, and obviously that'll pay dividends when you're helping others now. I mean, did you start helping people immediately and then learn as you went along for those 13 years or did you really work yeah. on, on your trainings and then start? Yeah, it was kind of a combination. I was, I was learning things and I continue, I'm a student at heart, so I continue mm-hmm. to invest in myself. And so I was yeah. learning all these different techniques. And then when I would learn a technique or a tool or a strategy, obviously I would try it on myself first. And if I felt like it was useful then I would share it with the people that I was working with, you know? And yeah. so I was always one step ahead of the people I was working with as far as, you know, knowledge and, and coaching. But over the years, um, 
I've, I've honed and developed skill sets and really kind of tailored and realized what really truly works to solve specific problems. Um, and that took, that took a long time and, and I continue to learn new, new tools and strategies and insights to, to, to support people as well as myself. That's, that's the beauty yeah. about helping people. Well, life's always changing, isn't it? And, and so is the field of health and um, you need to be up to date so you can best help your clients, I suppose, and yourself. Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, yeah, you know, you, everyone wants to feel good. Everyone wants to, you know, live a happy, long life. And, yeah. you know, there's, there's ways, there's, there's definitely ways to, to shortcut that and to, to do things that make you feel good and give you the greatest opportunity for a long, healthy life. Yeah. Yeah. What did you find when you started working with people in the, in the, in the field of health? I mean, was it particularly those, you know, entrepreneurs, um, executives, CEOs, or was it a variety of different people? No, I worked with anyone that would say yes to me. Uh, when I okay, was first so getting first had yeah. to raise your hand to say, you know, I need to focus on my health, a hand up and then you'd yeah, help. Exactly. Anybody, actually my first client that I ever worked with, and this was probably about now 15 years ago was, um, was my landlord. And yeah. I, I exchanged <laughs> off the rent of, she was kind of, you know, t- taking some, some off my rent and yeah, I mean, you know, it was anybody that, that had a health challenge. I was, I said, Hey, if you have a health challenge, let me see if I can help you. And then that evolved over the years, uh, drastically and quickly as I continued to learn and develop, um, which then a, a number of years I was working with, as I mentioned, very high performing entrepreneurs, people that had demanding jobs, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of responsibilities. And that's really when I, you know, discovered this massive problem around sleep and, and right. just dove into that. Okay. Yeah. I guess there's so many facets of health that, I mean, you must get involved in whether it's a weight issue or a stress issue or, or anything like that. Was there anything in particular you found about these people? Um, yeah. That, that you felt as that you could, I guess, practices that you could share that you found in common with them all. I mean, at the end of the day, the root of, of most people's health challenges, including their sleep challenges is stress it's some sort of mental, emotional stress that then becomes physical stress. Sometimes it's environmental stress. Um, but at the end of the day, that's really what it always comes down to. It's either the body is physically stressed because of something mental, emotional, or bad habits, or there's something in their environment that's actually poisoning them. That's, that's toxic. Um, and so, but if you want to just, you know, really narrow it down at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's stress. That's, that's mm. what really what it is. Stress, yeah, okay. Yeah, it makes sense. So talk to us about sleep. Um, where, where, where do we begin? Because sleep is important, and I don't know if I sleep enough often. I, um, I probably do six and a half, seven hours a night, which I, I assume is probably not enough, but it seems to be just what works for me. Yeah, I mean, everyone's sleep need is, is very dependent on several factors, their lifestyle, their genetics, how hard they push mentally and physically. Um, there's so many things that kind of factor in how, to the question of, well, how much sleep do I actually need? Mm. And, you know, according to the National Sleep Foundation, adults need between seven and nine hours. That's quite a, that's quite a range. Most people don't get that. You know, most yeah. people get less than seven hours. And there are about 1% of the population that have a you know, genetic mutation where they're, they're able to, they don't need as much sleep. Um, a lot of us wish we had that. 
but a lot of us don't have that. And yeah. sleep is one of those things that people just kind of don't think about until it, until it really becomes a problem. And I was one of those people. I took it for granted. I, you know, I'm a great sleeper. I, um, so I just, I never really knew that. You're always a great sleeper. Always a great sleeper. Yeah. I actually, how many hours would you sleep? Man, I, well, now I sleep between eight and nine hours a night, you know, depending on my lifestyle and training and things like that. But I've always, actually my, my nickname growing up, my, my family used to, you know, tease me, call me narco, like narc for like short for narcoleptic. Because, yeah. you know, they would all be watching the football games on Sunday and I'd be passed out and I could, I could literally sleep on a, on a bench in a, in a park or in an airport, you know, on a floor or something like that. It's, that's a gift. Um, most people, you know, they, they feel like they need to have the perfect conditions in order for, for sleep to happen. That's, that's definitely mm. not the case for me. No, no, I, I, I feel that, um, there's probably a lot of people out there that sleep and, and feel like that's just how they sleep. Um, but I guess with your your work, there must be things that we can do to help us sleep. Like, as I said before, I sort of sleep. I try and be pretty ritualed with my, my bedtime and waking up time. Um, but like last night, you know, I was in bed and I, I sort of didn't really go to sleep until about 11. And then I was sort of rolling around in the middle of the night as well. Um, obviously to do with stress, I guess, but I'm not sure. Um, and you sort of wake up and you keep moving on with your day, don't you? And I think a lot of people must be like that. They just take it for this is what it is and keep going on without actually focusing on the root cause of how to get more sleep. Yeah, it's so common. It's it's one of the 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 it's the first thing to go. People sacrifice their sleep. They don't prioritize or protect it, or yeah. they don't do something about it. And this is true for all all health ailments. They don't do something about it until it becomes really really painful and it starts right. affecting other areas of their life. I always try to, you know, get to people before that happens, but oftentimes the people that we work with at sleep science Academy, we work with people mostly in the United States, all across the country. Um, you know, they're, they're the ones that tried all the the medication, the supplements, the therapies, and they're still not sleeping. And oftentimes we, we, they, they, you know, after speaking with us, they realize it's more of a psychological issue than, than a physical one. Um, so, but we do address the, the physiology the psychology and, you know, sleep environment, which is mo- most people, you know, are aware of, Hey, the room should be cold and dark. Um, you know, you don't want blue light or your devices in the bedroom. These are sort of common things you can read on the internet. A lot of times people don't really do those things, even though it helped massively. So with these sleep are the, quality. The, are they the three sort of areas that you focus on when, when dealing with sleep and improving yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. In, in so that physiology, order, so, psychology, and environment. Yeah. So psychology first, physiology, and then, and then environment. And most people start it when they're having issues, they'll look at their environment, then they'll look at their physiology. And then lastly, they'll look at their psychology. And that's actually the, you know, you really want to flip that around. First, you want to look at your psychology, then your physiology. And lastly, you want to optimize your environment. Okay. So where do we start with the psychology? So one of the things, I mean, we, we spoke about just before we, we, you know, we started recording this podcast, you know, is you can't separate your day from your night. And so all the things you do throughout your entire day dictate whether or not you're going to sleep well. And so one of the simple lowest hanging fruit things that everyone can do listening to this podcast, starting literally today is making sure that you're not going back to back from appointment to meeting. Um, or even if it's, you know, you, you want to have space throughout your day. And the, the reason is, is because this will allow the mind and body to 
kind of downregulate and shift down, so to speak, so that it's not such a, a hard shift at the end of the day. So I, I like to give the analogy. It's like, if your body is a battery, it's picking up all these sort of charges and we need to discharge throughout the day. And if we're not discharging, there's going to be a lot of energy in that battery. And it's going to be really hard to discharge some of that tension and pressure that's built up in the mind body system. So simple thing everyone can do is just prioritize space throughout your day. It could be 10 minutes. It could be, you know, taking a quick energy break, drinking some water, taking a walk, breathing, um, ideally something away from technology. But if you start doing that simple mm. practice, it, it'll help. It won't be such a hard thing at the end of the night to like, uh, you know, your, your mind won't be so racing. Your body won't be so revved. And then right. your body knows I how to sleep. feel like that. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of us. That, do, yeah. That's really important. I think like in the lifestyle that we live, or most of us live now, it seems like that we, we always just have more and more put in our plates. Um, and we, we um, intentionally put more on our plates too. I think without thought, and then that sacrifices obviously our sleep and our, our downtime as well throughout the day. And I'm I'm certainly guilty. I think a lot of people are these days. Is that you know I I'm busy in my my, my career, so I'm running from one thing to the next. Um, but then even in those gaps that I get, I'm often looking at the phone. What messages are coming? What's you know who's clicked on on the uh, the link on Facebook, whatever it might be. You know, um, so there is yeah. really no downtime. You got to control the inputs. So making intentional space for silence, you know, silence is something that a lot of us don't ever get, make, make space for. Like literally just doing nothing is doing something and it's necessary and, you, and it's so important for our health and for our sleep. And we, like you said, you know, a lot of this comes from feeling like we're never doing enough. And so people just, they just cram, try to cram so much into a day because everyone always feels behind for whatever reason. And without examining, you know, how they're feeling that way or why they're feeling that way. And, um, and that leads to a lot of issues. Well, I mean, it's mm. a lot of, you know, a lot of health issues, including insomnia and sleep challenges are self-chosen. They're just because people are just not aware of these underlying patterns that are, that are keeping them from, um, their body from, from doing what it knows how to do. The body knows how to sleep. It's yeah. we often just get in the way. Okay. So I like that. That's a really good tip. Manage, manage your day, manage your, manage your, manage your calendar. Yeah. And it, it, it's funny because people are like, well, that's, that's interesting. You're, 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 it doesn't, how is that related to sleep? But hopefully now people can see how exactly that's related to sleep. Mm. There's a lot of things that we just don't realize. Everything is connected to sleep and sleep's connected to everything. So, so you can't separate your day from your night. And oftentimes tr people try to do that and they, they, they focus on, they totally disregard what they're doing throughout the day. And then they wonder why they can't sleep at night. And so when, when we work with clients, we look at, Hey, what are you doing throughout the day? How are you thinking? What are your habits, behaviors? Are you drawing boundaries around things? Um, and then also really getting deeply into the psychology of like, do you have expectations around sleep? Are you trying to control or manipulate your environment and, and use things so that you can sleep? There's all these underlying things that people find themselves doing that are not useful for getting a great night of sleep. Mm, yeah. No, it makes, it makes sense. Um, I mean, I remember you sort of talking about um, sleep pills and things like that. And, and I, I don't agree with that sort of thing generally. Um, but a lot of people take them. And they take them for a reason. 
they take it because for two reasons. One, it's easy. It's easy just to take a pill. It's it's much more challenging to create space in your day and have you know really do some of the work that we do at Sleep Science Academy. And also, that's kind of the first line of defense. You know, people have sleep issues. They, the doctor just says, "Hey, here's a script. Here's Ambien. Here's Linesta, Clonazepam. Here's Xanax. Here's this, that." And there's there's the time and a place for medication. Thank God that we have it. But those are band aids. They're not addressing the underlying root causes of patterns and habits, lifestyle choices that need to really be looked at um, to, to really solve sleep at, at the root versus kicking the can down the road, which is yeah. really what you're doing when you're taking yeah. medication. Yeah. And I, I, I would assume, and I could be very incorrect in this, but if you take medication, then you'll be reliant on it. Um, and then that medication too could become uh, less effective over the longer term. Well, it often does become less mm. effective almost always. And yeah. so your tolerance goes up. And then what people do is they go from one medication to the next, and then eventually all the medications stop working. And then hopefully they hear me on a podcast like this and, and get the support they really were missing. Um, something different. Mm. Yeah. Because it's not the answer is sleeping medications are not the answer. No matter what the pharmaceutical companies want you to believe, you know, the doctor, your doctor's well-intended. Again, there is a time and a place for medication, but really it's, they're, they're meant to be short-term solutions while you're addressing the underlying root causes. Um, yeah. So it's, you can't just address the symptoms and expect for things just to be, to be better. You have yeah. to really address the root cause. Like many things in life. What um, on the psychological front, what else do you think that we could look at in our day-to-day? You know, there's, there's three patterns that I've identified with people that have sleep issues. Um, one of the big ones is perfectionism. People that are, that are trying to perfect things, trying to control things. So if you're listening to this and you're somebody that is like that, that is, you know, um, very much a perfectionist or tries to control a lot of things, just learning to release and relax and, and really understanding how showing up that way creates tension and unnecessary tension and pressure, which leads to not being able to sleep. So mm. it really there's there's some underlying patterns um, that people need to, to, to really understand and address. Um, but anything really looking at what are your self-chosen stressors? Like what is the thing in your life right now? Is it your finances? Is it your relationship? Is it health concerns? Is it beliefs you have about yourself? Like when we work with people, we do a deep dive in their thoughts and beliefs to really understand, well, what are the, the beliefs and the thoughts that are not useful for helping you to sleep? Mm. And oftentimes people think that the thoughts that they're having are their own. And they soon realize that those thoughts are not their own because there's hundreds of other people that have the same exact thoughts. And they also realize very quickly that those thoughts and beliefs are not useful, not just for the, you know, getting sleep, but just in life in general. And so mm. then, then it's a matter of, okay, well, how do we, you know, cognitively restructure some of these, these thoughts or think about them in a different way so that you can be free uh, from, from the suffering that comes along with believing our thoughts and stories that are, that are just detrimental. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's deep work. That's really deep work. You got to go deep. If you don't go deep, you don't get to the root. And, you know, sometimes people just want to stay on the surface level, but you know, that if you, if you stay on the surface level, just treating the symptoms or addressing the symptoms, you're, you're just, you're, you're going to kick the can down the road. 
So we, yeah, you got to go deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to get uncomfortable. You got to be willing to really, you know, take responsibility for the roles in which you've created some of these challenges in the first place. And a lot of people pretty much lie to themselves, and then they start to believe those lies, and then they mm. don't take responsibility. They they you know blame other people for their their challenges, and um, that's no way to 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 live because it's uh, you're not going to get what you want. If, if that's how you show up. So we, we help people take responsibility and then, um, and we give them the tools and the support to then really move through what they need to move through to, to be, to yeah. be more free. Yeah. I think until you take responsibility, um, you know, you're never going to, I guess, improve. Um, and then that'd be the same with someone out there having a health issue right now or sleep issue and, um, ignoring, you know, not, not putting up the hand, not wanting to get help. Yeah, we're, that's just you know, avoiding it. Yeah, it's it, and it. I, listen, I get it. It's uncomfortable, you know. Mm. Even especially for men, you know, it's you know we want it the t- tough sort of like machismo. Like I don't have an issue, or I can figure it out on my own, or you know, men have a real hard time uh, asking for help. It's it's culturally conditioned, you know, and so. But unfortunately, if you don't ask for help, you're not you're never going to get it, and nothing's yeah. going to change. So, you know, and you know what well, you look at it and go, well, it's uncomfortable to, to, to admit to that and take that responsibility and take that step, but it's more uncomfortable in the long run to, to stay in these, in these unhealthy patterns. It's so true. And you know, the saying that the devil that you know is better than the devil that you don't, I, it's so, and then that's like a, you know, people have that in their minds and they're like, well, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe it is, it's a, uh, it, it what's unknown often is very scary for people. So they'll mm. hold on to what's normal, even if the normal is, un, you know, uncomfortable. The thought of of more discomfort on is is oftentimes enough to keep people stuck, and that's really a shame. Yeah, I um on the psychological front, I want to ask you a couple of things here uh, before we move on. But the the one thing you sort of mentioned there is this whole piece of control and. I guess, you know, we want to control everything, don't we? It's, it's in our nature. Um, but the more I learn and, and study and I guess become self-aware of, you know, what I can control and what I can't, the better I uh, can be in those situations where it's outside my control and it doesn't upset me as much anymore, if you know what I mean. Because I know exactly what you mean. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and that must be a big part of your work too because I think, Everyone, as soon as something, you know, stresses them out, you look at it and you go, well, can you have done anything to control that? Yeah, maybe you could have influenced a bit better or maybe you could have you know, said something a bit different or whatever. Um, but at the end of the day, there's there's a limited amount of things we can, can control. That's right. And oftentimes we get very confused as to what what's actually in our control and what's not. Mm. And, then, and then we beat ourselves up um, and judge ourselves for you know, for things that we had no control over, which is so silly and yeah. makes no sense. So <laughs> it's like, as soon as you realize that and you start to get better at understanding, well, you know, what, what am I, you know, ask your questions like, you know, what am I making this mean? Um, and really, is this in my control or out of my control? Like these simple questions of self-awareness and self-inquiry can be transformational um, because- How, how really- do you navigate this yourself? Uh, personally, hmm. is it I just mean, about being more self-aware so you can sort of look at this situation and analyze it with that thought of what's in my control and what's not? Yeah. You know what? It's like a practice. It's like anything else. 
So the more you practice and it, 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 there is something to be said about, um, you know, expanding your consciousness. So, you know, practices like meditation, mindfulness, you know, when you practice these things, you become more self-aware of your thoughts and beliefs. Hmm. And then when you have, you know, the, the tools, then you can actually start to, you know, see what's true and what's not true. Um, and sort of self-assess and, and really, you know, it's, it's like kind of peeling an onion back, but you, your body starts to resonate as you're mentally learning this, then you can start to embody it and it starts to become a way of your being. So it's not so much something that even has to be done consciously. It's just, it's kind of happening at, at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, um, I guess, my second question about that whole piece on psychology because I believe, and you touched on it, meditation, you know, um, practices of, of self-awareness are uh, really critical to this this whole role of, of getting better sleep. Is there anything that you subscribe um, or prescribe to your clients? Yeah, we tell them meditation is a fantastic tool. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's, there's a lot of ways to meditate. And mindfulness meditation specifically has been shown to help with uh, sleep. And yep. this is really important distinction though, Lee, you don't meditate so that you can sleep. Yeah. You meditate just to meditate. That's it. If you're doing anything so that you can sleep, then there's, there's a problem there. And the problem is you think that you need to do it in order to sleep. Uh, or there's an expectation that if I do this, then I'll sleep. Or if I do this, my sleep will improve. And if that expectation then isn't become your reality, then, then there's another challenge we have. So, whatever you do to try to improve your sleep, you just want to do it to do it. Not so that you improve your sleep just because it's going to be helpful. It's going to create the most optimal conditions for sleep to take place. And so that's a very important distinction. And so a lot of times people are like, well, you know, I tried to meditation and, you know, I do this, you know, sleep hypnosis thing and, you know, worked a little bit and then it stopped working. And, the reason is you can use those even as like a bandaid. It's, you know, to, it, you're not doing those things so that you can sleep. It's, um, yeah. but they're helpful to do if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Well, I think the meditation, my link on it was that, yeah, you meditate, um, but it helps you like you started with really manage your day better and manage, you know, the things that come up better. Um, you are more mindful and present throughout the day. And I think that in itself will help reduce that stress, which will then lead to a, a better night's sleep at the end of the day. A hundred percent. Anything that's going to create more self-awareness is going to be good for your sleep. Yeah. Anything that's going to create more self-awareness or body awareness is going to then help you to navigate through what you need to navigate through to then be able to sleep better at night. What about on the physiology front? What are we looking at there? So anything that's good for your health is also good for your sleep. And oftentimes people are, have a lot of bad habits like eating too much sugar, which uh-huh. destroys sleep, drinking alcohol, too much caffeine. The timing mm-hmm. is really important um, for, for meals. So eating too close to bedtime disrupts, can disrupt sleep. Not getting enough how, how far away from bedtime should we eat? I mean, it depends on your digest, you know, your metabolism, how fast you digest things. Yeah. Um, but generally speaking, you want to like a three hour fasting window for most people. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, let's say you, you want to be in bed by 10, you, you know, you want to really be eating your dinner at like six, six. or seven. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to give that three hour digestion period. Uh, so light is really important. You know, we're so, 
I had a Ooh. statistic. It was it's like 90% of people spend 90% of the time indoors. Um, right. Sorry, you just cut out there for a brief minute. So light being very important. Um, what was it? Oh, so 90% of people spend 90% of the time indoors. And yeah. so that, that's a problem because we need light to help us sync our circadian clock, which is something in the physics. Yeah. Just having a bit of a connection issue there, Devin. Even first thing in the morning, if you could watch the sun rise and watch the sun set, that's going to help you have a healthy circadian rhythm. Is that if you right? go to bed at the same time and wake up, especially wake up at the same time, that's also going to help you have a healthy circadian rhythm. And then there's something called adenosine that builds up in our, in our bodies. And that creates what's called sleep pressure. And one of the most common things that people drink caffeine blocks adenosine. So it reduces, well, it kind of reduces, gets in the way of sleep pressure building, gives you this artificial sort of energy. Uh, and then you're not able to sleep at night. So, mm. you know, so caffeine and alcohol are usually the big ones for people. Most people are drinking alcohol because they don't know how to manage their stress. And so they use alcohol as a, as a, you know, way of doing that. And yeah. alcohol is, you know, it's a diuretic. It's a, it's a neurotoxin. Um, do I love a glass of red wine from time to time? Absolutely. So, but if you're doing that because you're trying to, you know, manage your stress and you don't have tools to manage your stress, you know, it's, it's a problem. And if you're doing it too often or too close to bedtime, it's absolutely disturbing your sleep quality. Yeah. So, you know, so just simple little lifestyle uh, habits can that really affect the physiology um, can absolutely affect sleep. Another one, Lee is temperature. So our core body temperature needs to drop two to three degrees Fahrenheit for sleep to happen. Right. And a lot, so there's things you can do like take a, hot shower, actually, believe it or not, to cool off your, your body temperature, or wear wool socks to bed, which kind of pull the, the blood from your core to your extremities, um, which actually drops your core body temperature, but doing things that can help sort of optimize body temperature yeah. would help with sleep quality. They're not, I mean, listen, these things are not going to solve insomnia, but they'll increase the quality of your sleep for sure. Mm. How do you, um, so just looking at that, um, you know, reducing your, your core temperature, and this is uh, something that I'm quite, you know, I'm always thinking about because I'm, I reckon that's part of my problem sometimes when I don't sleep that well is that I'm, I'm, I'm too hot, <laughs> basically. Um, and, you know, last night I did a gym workout and then I, I, I'm getting into this, um, I'll always have done cold showers, but I'm sort of getting into cold baths now. So I, I jumped into cold bath for 10 minutes and, and that was fantastic. Um, then I had some dinner and then, you know, three hours later I was in bed. Um, but I sort of rolled around last night for a little bit too long and I really feel that, um, yeah, if I could have reduced my my core temperature uh, better. And there was probably some other stresses too there, not helping. But, um, yeah, what are some techniques there? You sort of talk about wool socks. Could you put gloves on as well? Yeah, you could. Yeah, you could. Um, that Oftentimes people don't like to wear gloves to bed. The so You can get away with wool socks and wool because – you know, if you're wearing cotton or something, it's, it's going to, your feet are going to really stink. <laughs> so wool's a little bit more um, appropriate and also warmer. So, but yeah, so I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of cold exposure as well. And I found that, you know, when you're, when you're doing cold exposure, it's actually better to do it in the morning than in the right. evening, because right. what you're actually doing is 
it's like the the the, the inverse of what really what you want to do because because right. you're okay. all, all the blood is going to your core to keep your organs functioning um so that's heating up your core versus like you we, we, we want to go in the other way to your extremities gotcha that um, makes sense yeah yeah so a warm bath would be probably a better idea than a, than a cold bath um you know closer to bedtime and close to bedtime like as in you know half an hour before you're going to bed or, or right when you're going to bed sort of thing yeah i mean within an hour you know so so yeah yeah within an hour because it does take uh, the, you know it does take some time for the body to start to adjust to uh to temperature yeah yeah i lived in japan for a while and then uh hot springs there were quite common and that was something that i'd do in an evening and if i didn't do it in the evening they'd have the the basically the hot springs at home you know you'd have a nice hot bath um, before bed and and my sleep in japan was probably the best it's ever been oh it's um, amazing I think, I think that was one of the things that really helped mm. yeah what do they call those onsens onsen, onsen. yeah yeah it's, I, you know that's that's such a great thing in the, their culture uh the japanese culture it, you know I'm, I'm a big believer in zen and, and these types of practices that come from you know the the, the east there and you know, the water and, and, you know, hot water and, and saunas and things like that, and, you know, the, the Europeans, you know, using saunas, that's a fantastic strategy for mm. detoxifying the body and also just calming the mind. Um, yeah. cause often you can't bring your phone into a hot bath or, or a sauna or something like that. So it's like, you just disconnect and you're sweating and it's, those things are so, so good for the body. Yeah, and you find a lot of, particularly, or the women do it too, but the Japanese businessmen, you know, they'll work all day and they do work hard over, well, long hours, I suppose, and probably have a lot of stresses. But then they'll go to these these onsens and, you know, it's it's a ritual of, of a couple of hours of sitting in hot spas and, you know, um, uh, dressing themselves and then relaxing after it as well at the venue before heading off, you know. It's, they need um, it. They it's need quite it. unique. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it makes a lot of sense because of, like you said, the work ethic there. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty bad, which is on the other side of that. That's where those karaoke bars, everyone's goes to karaoke, gets hammered and sings to kind of like blow off some steam. Um, that's not the best you know, strategy for sleep. I think the, the other one, would <laughs> no. be. Um, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but yeah, that, that culture, they work very hard and a lot of, they actually sleep less. I think they sleep than any other country. I think they get the least amount of sleep at this point. That would make uh, sense. Yeah. Even so, the kids don't sleep that much. Like the kids will be, well, surprised. Like the kids would be up until 10 or 11 at night and then getting up really early and, you know, whereas our kids were sort of in bed by seven and, and getting up at seven, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's a cultural thing to really, you know, work hard, be perfectionistic and, and, and they're, you know, they're, I think it's, it's a cult, you know, I think I forget that there's a term for it where people actually like work themselves to death and mm. there's a, a Japanese term for it. I, it. It eludes me at this, at this moment, but you know, even to have that it's, it's like, Whoa. Um, so, so there's, there's definitely some, some, some challenges that, that, that culture has ingrained. I mean, as well as, you know, uh, around the world, you know, a lot of times work is glorified, you know, um, you're, you're seen as not successful if you're not financially successful. And, you know, to me, there's, there's so much more to success than, than just, you know, being abundant financially. Um, but, but we're, con we're, we're conditioned to, to sort of hustle and grind and work hard. And if you're, if you're not working, you're missing out and you're, you know, falling behind and all of that stuff, all of those programs just lead to so much unnecessary stress. Mm. And, and 
it's really just silly when you kind of step back and start asking yourself, well, is that, is that true? Like, is that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I've, I've thought about this deeply recently too. And, and my, my, um, I guess my attitude towards work, I love work. I, I can't stop working generally. Um, and it really does cause a lot of stress in my life. But recently I've had a, a close family member pass and um, that, that's sort of brought death to the table and then yeah. this piece on control. And then I started just noticing in my work day going, you know what, I can't control that. Death is around the corner. Who gives a shit? I'm just going to have fun with this. And as soon as I started having that attitude of, you know, just enjoying what I do and having fun with it and not caring but not caring if that makes sense about certain things, you know, caring about my work and caring about what I do and my art, but not caring about if the outcomes don't work out the way I expected and having that, you know, that, that relaxation of, of control over everything. Uh, and certainly I think that can be a great way to, to push through and you can still be very successful, but you can enjoy it, you know? That's it. It's, that's, that's very stoic. Um, you know, there's, but bringing death into your, you know, your, there's, there's practices in Tibet where they bring it, you know, death to mind several times throughout the day. It's actually, this is one of the best strategies that I personally use in my own mm. life is, is thinking about death and thinking about, well, it, w- compared to death, literally at some point, I'm not going to be here. I'm going to, you know, um, it's, you know, that's, that's going to happen compared to that is what I'm stressing about right now, really that scary or big a deal or, you know, and you almost always, it's like, ah, compared to death, this is, this is nothing. And, and yeah. it's, uh, it really just death can really put things into perspective um, very, very quickly. And there's, you know, through the centuries and through throughout different cultures, there's several different practices to help utilize that insight to really help us live. Mm. And um, I find it be personally to be very, very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. It's something that we need to, to think about often because what, what's it all mean at the end of it, you know? And, and why is that enough to a reason to, to give you that stress at that time? But yeah, no, I really love it, mate. Um, any final thoughts before we wrap things up here? I know you got to move on. Yeah, yeah. I would say, you know, if if you're having struggle with your sleep and you've, you're trying all these, you know, things that you're reading on the internet, chances are there's probably something in your psychology that is, that is a block. Um, yeah. So, and one of the best practices that you can, you can start to just practice on your own is letting go, surrendering and accepting that, you know, whatever your night brings. And it, sometimes this is a hard thing for people to understand and get, but the more you can actually just let go versus trying to figure it out or force it or control it, um, the greater opportunity your body is going to be in so that it sleeps and, it's amazing when you really can shift into a place of acceptance, sleep just happens because your body knows how to sleep. So mm. everyone listens to this. Just remember that if you're struggling with your sleep, don't fight it because what you resist persists. Just allow it to be there. Don't judge it. And, and just notice what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. I love your work. Um, website for you, devonburke.com. Uh, Sleep Correct. Science Academy. Yeah. I mean, Sleep Science Academy is kind of my, my personal sort of website there, but Sleep right. Science Academy is the one that we, you know, where we support people. Okay. I'll stick that in the links guys. And uh, your book is available on Amazon, the sleep advantage, optimize your night to win your day. 
Um, so guys, check it out there and I'll, I'll stick a link in the show notes as well at thehiddenwire.com. Devin, thank you so much, mate. I'm glad we made this happen. We missed it. I think we had to reschedule a couple of times, but there we go. We did it. Hey, we're here, man. That's all that matters. So thanks for having me, Lee. Enjoy the conversation and uh, I wish you a great night of sleep. Thank you, mate. And you too. Guys, check it out, thehiddenwire.com. Until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. See you soon. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. I hope you love what you're hearing. If you like this episode, guys, or any of the episodes that you're listening to here at The Hidden Why, please do me a favor by sharing it. You can share it with your families. You can share it with your loved ones. You can do that by using your favorite social media channels, using the icons on the platform that you're listening to The Hidden Why podcast. Also, guys, if you're a fan of the show, please connect with me. Connect with me at thehiddenwide.com. I love to hear from you. I love to converse with the people that listen to this show to find out what they enjoy, what they don't enjoy, and perhaps if they have any questions or feedback for the show as well. You can stay up to date with all that I'm releasing here, guys. I do a solo show every Monday, a three-minute thought every Thursday. I do two interviews a week on a Wednesday and a Saturday, and a book review every Friday. You can stay up to date with all that by subscribing to my newsletter at thehiddenwire.com. Just enter your email address there, and also subscribing to the podcast on the platform that you choose to listen to your podcasts. You can also support the show, guys, by using the Amazon links at thehiddenwire.com. So if you like books, you can get all the books that I review there um, and anything else, really, that you like to purchase through Amazon. So use that link. It helps support the show. And we've also got a deal with Audible, guys. Audible is a fantastic way to listen to all your favorite books. We've got a deal with them so you can get two free books when you subscribe or, yeah, subscribe to a 30-day free trial. So check that out, again, at thehiddenwire.com. Guys, that's it from me. You know what to do. Go out there. Breathe more passion into every single moment. Do everything with greater purpose and in doing so you will discover your hidden why this is the hidden why my name is Lee Manutzi until next time peace passion and purpose see you soon